On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the NBA draft profile and projection of Taylor Hendricks. How would he fit in Oklahoma City? What's his range in the draft? And more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow us on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into another draft profile projection with Taylor Hendricks. Is he the answer? For Oklahoma City. We're talking Taylor Hendricks today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. As you do each and every day, we're here for you. Game time bringing you today's show down at the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off of your first purchase. It's the last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And for you everydayers, you can expect a draft profile and projection on Wednesday uh, from Grady Dick. A Late week visit with Mavs draft on Twitter. Richard Stamen talking all about the NBA draft and another draft profile and projection on Friday. So drop below who you want that draft profile to be uh, for the third one of this week. It'll be Taylor Hendricks today, Grady Dick tomorrow. Who should be the third one uh, on on the show? So Taylor Hendricks, 6'9", 210. We'll have to wait for the combine to see his exact wingspan, his exact measurements. That'll start to trickle out um, next week. 19 years old from UCF. And in my opinion, the best way to summarize Taylor Hendricks is that he is the perfect modern-day power forward. When you look at Taylor Hendricks, he shot 39% from three on four attempts per game. He is a great on-ball defender. I think that he can switch in a pinch one through five. Obviously, you do not want him defending point guards in the NBA each possession, and you also don't want him defending most centers in each possession, but in a pinch within the flow of of a possession, he could switch and hold his own. And and there are going to be times where you need a big man who can look to, to switch and not be exploited. We just saw in this game against the Lakers and Clippers, Anthony Davis... A big man got switched on to Steph Curry, smothered him, and won the game for the Lakers. Like, like this stuff happens whenever you start to to break down possession by possession. So having a guy who can switch is very good on, on the perimeter, which I think that Taylor Hendricks can do. Uh, he has, I think, great recovery defensively. So even if you blow by him, he has the length, he has the size to recover. That second leap on defense as well, if you have a ball fake to get him up out of the air, if you miss your first shot, get three-bound and go up for a second shot, he's able to get that second jump uh, after hitting the ground again at a very easy level for him. He's able to recover smoothly, and that helps him defend the rim. And it's hard to put Taylor Hendricks in a compromised position defensively because he has that second leap. He has that length to be able to recover if you get by him on the perimeter. 
He has the ability to hold his own on the perimeter. He does so many things well defensively that it is hard to exploit him. And then he's just a working man's player. This is a guy that I think people will really rally around in Oklahoma because he's on the floor a ton. He's taking charges, as we know. That's a big deal in Oklahoma City. He is diving for loose balls. He's willing to do the dirty work. And along with that dirty work of diving for loose balls, charges, he's willing to be embarrassed. Speaking of that second leap on defense, he's willing to challenge you at the rim. And sure, he's going to get posterized. He's going to get dunked on a few times. But he's also going to get some blocks and save you two points. And in games with a razor-thin edge, saving you those two points are going to be very important. I don't think that he's going to get abused or picked on by these shifty guards. And then you switch over to the offensive side of the ball. I think he's an elite pick-and-roll partner. The way that he can have those slip screens, those ghost screens, and pop and roll and roll hard to the rim is huge. I think he's a great lob catcher. I think he's great at sealing off his defender and getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. His ability to shoot allows him to be a pop you know, screener for, for your guy in the pick and roll. And then we'll have to see if this translates to the NBA level because he, let's face it, he did play at UCF and, and it is college and, and, and you know, it's not the same as the NBA. But he does set hard screens. He can do a variety of things as a screener that I really like. I think he would be great as a player who you stick in the dunker spot. I think he has great hands, which help him in the pick and roll. You can just dump it off to him anywhere on the floor, and he's going to be able to get the ball, catch the ball, receive it well, and go up clean. There's other players in this draft who, who in the pick and roll, you might like them physically of getting downhill at the rim, but there's a chance that they bobble the pass and, and, and it blows the opportunity at the rim. I feel confident in the hands and the work that he does at the rim. He knows how to angle his body and able to wall off defenders when flashing through the lane. He does a lot of that. He's a lot of the flashing through uh, the paint and wanting the ball. He's able to put himself uh, in advantage on that end of the floor. And then I absolutely love the way that he runs in transition. He fills the lanes correctly. He's running the floor properly on both ends. He understands on defense. He understands who to pick up. You know, if he stopped the ball, I'm going to go over here. If no one stopped the ball, I'll stop the ball. He understands what to do defensively in transition, then offensively in transition. Because he can shoot, because he can finish at the rim, he puts you in a bad spot because he can do anything in transition. And he he does uh, stay under control in transition as well. So transition is huge for the Thunder, third in the league in pace. Checks that box. The pick and roll stuff is great whenever you have these guards that OKC has. His shooting to space the floor, we've seen what the offense looks like as you space the floor around Shea, as you space the floor around this Thunder roster. And then adding him to this defensive unit would be unbelievable. To have a guy who you think that can switch one through five and and really hone in two through four with Chet Holmgren anchoring things with Lou Dort on the floor, J Dub, Shea, you know, like the, the, this would be an insane lineup. 
to have Taylor Hendricks involved in this organization. Coming up, what are his weaknesses to his games? What does Synergy say about his game? Where is he available at around the mock drafts and big boards? And how does he fit with Oklahoma City? We're going to talk about all of that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, better good friends over at Game Time, folks. Game Time is here for you. You're going to want to check out the Game Time app today. Use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Uh, go over there right now to buy your tickets, and you're going to get the lowest prices guaranteed, fast, and easy to use uh, between sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals for the last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Check it out today uh, by going over there to buy your tickets because you can go there and just forget about planning months and months in advance. You're going to get the game time deals that have the tickets right up front, the day of the event, uh, that you can get exclusive flash deal sales for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and all, and more. Game time guarantees you that you're going to have the best prices and you're going to find the tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time is going to credit you 100% of the difference, 110% of the difference if you do find uh, better deals, which you will not because they have the best deals that you, you can find at game time. So get an image from your seat even and uh, buy the tickets that matter most to you in seconds. You can uh, get them in two taps and you're set. Make sure you go over there today because tickets will be sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email to find your tickets. Download the Game Time app, create your account, and then use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, you create your account, you redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA, and boom, you get $20 off. So download the Game Time app today and get latest tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Last week, we were joined by Howard Beck for the national landscape of the NBA, what they thought about the, th- about the Thunder. This week, we've done a mailbag podcast. We're doing this, Taylor Hendricks podcast. Wednesday, Grady Dick podcast. And then we're going to continue on with our draft coverage Thursday and Friday. So thank you all for listening every day and subscribe across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. Now, what are the weaknesses of Taylor Hendricks game? The weaknesses one, can he consistently bang down low for rebounds? Like I think that he's shown he can rebound and and that he is a good rebounder, but I have a couple questions with that. One, does he want to bang down low and consistently get rebounds? Because we know he can, but it's just like a defender. Yeah, you can be a good defender, but you're not locked in enough to be a good defender. Will he want to be locked in enough to consistently bang down low for rebounds? And number two, what's the what's the curve like, the learning curve like from, you know, you're getting rebounds over, over players from Tulane. That's fine. You're going to be moved up to the NBA. Does that translate at the NBA level? And it's the same thing defensively with his rotation ability. He's a great rotator on the defensive end in college. But as that speed of the game picks up a bit at the NBA level, how far does that rotation skill drop off, if any? Because that changes a few things for Taylor Hendricks. Screening. Yeah, you can set hard screens in college. Can you do that against NBA competition? And then some other things that just need to be improved upon. 
the off the dribble jumper, I, I don't know if it translates to the NBA and I don't know if that'll be a viable part of his offense at the NBA. I just don't think it will. I don't think that he is a noticeably great passer and not in the sense of like he creates shots for others because he just like that's fine. You can be a power forward and not create shots for others and not thread the needle and not make these insane passes. But but is he a is he a plus passer that can keep your offense in rhythm, that can grab a rebound and know who to hit, know how to push the pace, know how to get you the advantage? Can he do that? He wasn't asked to do it a ton in college. It didn't really matter a lot in college. But it did not pop off the screen, his passing ability. I don't think he's going to be a good isolation scorer. And the reason I point that out is because I also don't think he has a good cutting ability. I think his cuts are oftentimes slow. He's oftentimes just waiting for the ball to be delivered to him. And his cuts are more of those flashing through the paint, methodically waiting upon someone to pass him the ball. He doesn't really attack the rim hard and just and just you know rely on his ball handler to get him the ball. Now, is that a college thing? Is that just a, hey, I'm not playing with Shea and Giddy and all these other NBA guards. I'm playing with X player. Or is that just a, he's not a good cutter thing. So I would wonder if that weakness specifically is tied to the way that they ran their offense at UCF. But I don't think he's an isolation scorer. I don't think he's a he's a great passer. Not that the ball sticks to him necessarily, because I think that some of the stickiness comes from the offense running through Hendricks. But sometimes I'm not sure if he can make the right reads as a passer defensively, which is easy easy enough to to look past. I don't love his off the dribble jumper. I wonder if he has the motor to rebound at a high level in the NBA. And then beyond those four things. The three-point shot. Really good in college. I hope that it stays really good at the NBA level. But we'll wait, we'll wait and see. So Synergy grades out Taylor Hendricks in the 90th percentile in overall offense, 80, uh, 95th percentile in transition offense, 85th percentile in half-court offense, 93rd percentile in post-up offense, 98th percentile as a pick-and-roll roll man, 25th percentile in isolation. Uh, he shot 40% on catch-and-shoot jumpers, which was awesome. He shot 96th percentile on runners, uh, shows that he has good touch. And I think that the less dribbles he had, the better he was shooting the basketball, as you see by the 40% catch-and-shoot number. Uh, defensively, he was 84th in overall defense, 99th percentile in zone defense, 70th percentile in isolation defense, 98th percentile in post-up defense, and 81st percentile defending the pick-and-roll. He's really good at fighting through screens and and reacting to screens on the, def- on the defensive end. Whenever he was... You know, getting screened, he still only allowed 0.8 points per possession uh, defending players off of screens. He, he's able to read them well, fight through them very well, and react to them very well. So that's all encouraging things for him on the defensive end of the floor. And I think that ultimately you saw a lot from him that suggests he can be a good player in the NBA. That's that's frankly obvious when you look at where he's mocked at. The Ringer has him at 8. ESPN has him at 10. The Athletic has him at 6. Bleacher Report at 20. Uh, CBS has two. Uh, Kyle Boone has him at 16. Gary Parrish has him at 27. Uh, NBC has him at 12. DraftNet at four. Tankathon at 10. I have him at eight. And Mavs Draft has him at six. So anywhere from four at DraftNet 
all the way down to 27 at CBS. Pretty wide range. And his NBA comp that that's just stands out above the rest has been Jeremy Grant. But for me, if I was going to suggest his ceiling and floor, I would say his ceiling is somebody like Bam. Like we all understand Bam's a really good player. And Bam is an all-star caliber player. There's times where Bam looks like a superstar. There's times where Bam, you know, you, you, you leave the game questioning like what his impact was. Was he a negative impact in that game? And obviously, Hendricks is a way better better three-point shooter than Bam, and Bam does things way better than Hendricks does. But that's kind of his ceiling of his game, of like that kind of player. Where Yeah, we understand he's really good. Yeah, he's even made into a couple all-star teams. But like, how consistent is that value from him? I think that his floor on the other side is Jade McDaniels, as in like who Jade McDaniels is right now. Not thinking about McDaniels' ceiling and what he could be, but just what he's done in production right now, which is still a really good player. So I think that either way, ceiling or floor, he's going to be a really good player. But it's just kind of a, a bigger gap. But I think that I love the NBA comp of Jeremy Grant, which which I'm pretty sure everyone has compared Taylor Hendricks to, to Jeremy Grant. And I love that, that NBA comparison as well. So that's the range. And here's, here's what I mean about this NBA draft is you just look at this range in general. I really like Taylor Hendricks. I have Taylor Hendricks number eight. Mavs draft really likes him. He's about six. A lot of you in the comments like him. A lot of people on Twitter like him. And we get this idea that like, well, he's obviously never going to fall to 12. Never going to fall to 12. Somebody's got to slide. Somebody's got to slide. There's always a draft slider. There's always somebody that we didn't, we're not sure how they made it there because we like them so much. But even in this range, at eight with the ringer, at 10 with ESPN, at six with the athletic, at 20 on Bleacher Report, CBS, both CBS insiders have them below 12, 16 and 27. NBC has them right at 12. Tankathon has them at 10. So like whenever we, we talk about, oh, there's no way this happens, there's a way. Draft day stuff gets weird. Draft day stuff gets pretty wonky. Coming up, we'll talk about his fit with Oklahoma City. But first, let's say right now, my good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is incredible. Prize Picks is where you want to be because you use the code Locked On and get 100% deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. Go there right now uh, to prizepicks.com, download the app, uh, and get started today because Prize Picks is awesome, folks. It is a great thing to do because it's fun and it makes the game experience more fun for you as well. All you do is pick two to six players and you project will they score more or less than their prize pick projections. You can win 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections. And you can get them on games in the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, PGA. You can get them on every sport that you watch. So check it out today. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Currently operational in 30 states and Canada. Tatum. Will Tatum have more or less than 22.5 points? Will James Harden have more or less than 8.5 steals? Assists. If you are right on your projections, then boom, you win. And it's that simple. It's that easy. It's just you versus those projection numbers. So download the PricePix app. Go to PricePix.com. Sign up today and have the daily um, experience of playing PricePix. First-time users can receive 100% deposit match 
up to $100 with the code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. So go there right now uh, to PriceFix.com, use the code locked on, and get your deposit match up to $100. Uh, they'll, they'll match your deposit up to $100 100% of the time. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. How does Taylor Hendricks fit with the Oklahoma City Thunder? I think he perfectly compliments Chet Holmgren. And I think that him, Drish Walker, Grady Dick, or like some of the guys that perfectly fit what OKC is trying to do. Taylor Hendricks specifically, I think by the end of the year, he would be a starter. I think that he would, you know, at least be playing starter level minutes and 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 give you valuable minutes the entire time because he just so perfectly fits next to Chet Holmgren. And then you'd have Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, Hendricks, Chet, like this, that would be an insane, insanely good lineup. It'd also be an insanely good lineup for like Shea, Dort, J-Dub, Hendricks, Chet, like just cycling through these lineups within the game itself. And have these defense lineups, have these offensive lineups. It'd be awesome. The roster impact would be that of like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. If, if, you, if you bring in Taylor Hendricks at the four, and, and these are the people you're going to be playing at the four and the five. So just take an all-encompassing role of who will play the four or the five? Hendricks, Holmgren, Wiggins, Kenny Hustle, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. That's already six players right there. Pokashevsky, like, like that's seven players right there. Just just players who fit into the four or the five mold. Not even to mention the rest of the rotation. So you you see how easily it would be to phase out Jerry. So I think that that he would be the one that'd be insanely on the hot seat if you bring in a guy like Taylor Hendricks. Poku as well, obviously, would, would be needing to fight for minutes. But why the Thunder should take Taylor Hendricks. His shooting gravity is off the charts. His defense is off the charts. And he's an elite pick-and-roll weapon in, the, in this draft. Those are three things that I think can really help OKC. Why the Thunder shouldn't take Taylor Hendricks. He's just not there. Like, other than that, it is hard to find a reason why they should not take Taylor Hendricks. Now, we don't we don't get to see the private workouts and how he did in those private workouts. And whenever we talk to these prospects, it's a lot different than teams talking to these prospects. Um, but it's hard to find the glaring weakness of his game. Now, maybe you don't think that the shooting translates. Maybe you don't think that the defense translates as he plays better competition. And we mentioned he's not a plus passer, he's not a plus cutter. Those are two big things that the Thunder do. So then maybe those are some reasons that stack up against him. But on the surface, I really like Taylor Hendricks with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I really think that he fits well with OKC. So that is today's NBA Draft profiling projection on Taylor Hendricks. Drop below what you think of Taylor Hendricks. What's his range and what would be his fit with Oklahoma City? Tomorrow, we're going to do a draft profile and projection on Grady Dick. So tell me who the third one should be this week. You've got Hendricks today, Grady Dick tomorrow. Who should be the third prospect on our draft profile and projection series? And remember, 
We're here for you every day. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.